you got to pick up a 50 pound bag of dog food, but your one rep max deadlifts 40 pounds. So then that's a tough day. And so it's kind of that generalized weakness that, um, there is a company I did some training with that they call it, uh, living at your one rep max. You know, if the heaviest thing you lift is that bag of dog food or pack of water from Costco, then we've got a problem. Like, you know, it's your, you know, it'd be like us trying to go in and deadlift our maximum every day, multiple times a day. Like that starts to break you down quite a bit. Welcome to Gut Check Radio, the health and wellness podcast, giving you the confidence to trust in your gut. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Belden, a board certified chiropractic physician and functional medicine practitioner. And just for those of you who are aware, the contents of this podcast are for educational purposes only and are not intended to diagnose or treat any condition and do not apply any of this information you hear in this podcast without first speaking with your physician. What is up, GCR listeners? Welcome back. I have some very exciting news and I'm very thrilled to bring you guys this sort of new evolution to the podcast. We're going to start doing something every Friday called the Gut Check moment of the week. So I've had the pleasure, the thrill, the lovely opportunity to interview. It has to be between, I don't know, like 25 to 30 people. And I was, I received some great advice from a friend and they said, Hey, you should take, you know, the golden nuggets, the most new nutrient dense part of what everyone's had to say and release it as its own episode. So I am taking the advice of that person who hopefully will be on the podcast here shortly. And I'm doing gut check moment of the week. So I'm going to go through back from each interview and take what I feel is the most important thing for you. You know, the most gut check moment for your health that that individual that I interviewed had to say. And to start this series off for the gut check moment of the week, we have my good friend and doctor of physical therapy, Cameron Moore, who's going to enlighten us about why if your core is quote unquote weak, the best way to make your core stronger, you know, to relieve back pain and to feel strong and have good function and in any season, any age of life, in order to make your core stronger, it's not all about doing crunches and sit-ups. And let's listen in as Cam tells us what the best way to actually develop a strong core comes down to. What were some of those triggering things that you would hear people say to you or ask? Uh, I mean, like, I remember one specific instant where I was like, wow, like he did a really good job doing that better than what I was thinking. Like, um, like the common one say like somebody with low back pain, they always say, oh, you know, my, my low back is painful because my core is weak. And so he's like, oh, you know, like, you know, and I had him doing say deadlifts, farmers carries some squats, um, not really any like true ab work, but he didn't need that. The guy was pretty sedentary at that, that point. And so I said, you know, I really want to do some core work. And I, I wanted to say like, Hey, like, you know, we just did deadlifts. We did fire. Like we did some core work. It's not maybe direct core work, like sit-ups, like you're thinking, but my PTA said, okay. And just added in like a pal off press or something with a man mm. kind of made him feel like he was contracting his abdominals. It was appropriate for him. Um, and so it was when I was like, oh, you know, like that probably would have had a better approach to then how I would have thought to do it. So it's just kind of what I was to like, okay, like that was, that was smarter than my aspect to do it. Like kind of give him the carrot there, give him, you know, throw him a bone, but it's also beneficial versus me taking a half hour to tell him like no you're wrong to think that way this is why we want to like think otherwise <laughs> uh how long into your career did it take for you to understand that you could do core work without directly targeting the core yeah i mean uh, so i've been at bt for 10 years i remember like i remember telling people like you know palpating people's abdominals and saying okay contract your stomach and just say oh you just fired your rectus only like when thinking I was being able to touch their transverse abdominis, which, you know, sense of where like, you can't really palpate that, nor can you maybe individually contract it. Um, and so it's just kind of 
as things evolve and just kind of knowing like, okay, like, you know, there's no way you can pick up a couple hundred pounds on a deadlift without contracting your core at the same mm. time. Like, and so it's, is that maybe a, a better way of doing it? And a lot of now, like kind of, as I've gotten into more continuing education, more research too, um, it's kind of looking at the research, like the issue, a lot of times, like that's usually stated with the transverse abdominus is that it's firing slow, but it's also, it's firing milliseconds slow. So then like say the traditional, uh, you know, transverse abdominus contraction exercise is a posterior pelvic tilt. So you're laying on your back, tucking your hips mm-hmm. under and then holding. So we're doing a slow isometric contraction, you know, maybe slightly isotonic or isokinetic. We're moving a little bit, but mm-hmm. so then that's going to then speed up the contraction of the transverse abdominus. It doesn't quite make sense to be like saying, I'm going to walk to get my sprinting faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then her kind of what some of the literature then would say is it's more of a pain inhibition. So the way we can actually affect that sometimes is to actually manipulate the spine. So if we get that, you know, back to crack, yeah. we actually then speed up the transverse abdominus, get that back. Assuming that's what really the problem is. And it's not necessarily that it's weak. It's just, it's inhibited. Mm. So that'd be like one of the ones I remember kind of getting into that. Like other things too, it's just generalized weakness then that comes out as pain so it's like okay you got to pick up a 50 pound bag of dog food but your one rep max deadlifts 40 pounds so then that's a tough day and so it's kind of that generalized weakness that um there is a company i did some training with that they call it uh living at your one rep max actually you know if the heaviest thing you lift is that bag of dog food or pack of water from costco then we've got a problem like you know it's your you know it'd be like us trying to go in and deadlift our maximum every day multiple times a day like that starts to break you down quite a bit versus bringing up that absolute strength side that allows for better endurance better activity kind of thing like okay like what's your deadlift like 400 pounds so it's i tell you okay max reps at 100 pounds okay so you say you pull 50 times versus somebody who's got a maximum deadlift of 120 pounds so it's say Instead of for you, it's 25% of your relative max, them, then it's what, 80%, 90% of their relative max. So then for them to pull max reps, maybe they're going to pull two or three reps if they're lucky. And then that's going to be a lot more stressful for them than as well too. So then essentially by bringing up that absolute strength, we bring your endurance along with it. Mm. Plus then making all that, that it's just an easier activity than to perform. Thank you all for trusting me to be a part of your day. If you enjoyed the show and found it informative or entertaining, we invite you to share the love by leaving a five-star rating or review on your podcast platform of choice or by sharing this episode with your family and friends. And until next time, trust in your gut.